For over 80 years, Agriculture Financial Services Corporation has been providing leading, innovative, and client-focused risk management and financial solutions to grow agriculture in Alberta. Welcome to AFSE's limited podcast series on risk management. Our goal is to provide agricultural producers with knowledgeable insight on how best to manage the business of farming in Alberta. I'm your host, Ed Tenhope, with AFSC. Today we'll be talking about the Canada-Alberta Livestock Feed Assistance Agri-Recovery Response, with a particular focus on Phase 2 of the initiative. Emmett Hanrahan, Vice President of Innovation, joins me today to discuss Phase 2, why it is set up the way that it is, who is eligible to participate, and how to apply. We will also talk about the feed need model and the extraordinary expense portions of the application. We hope that you enjoy our conversation. today with Emmett Hanrahan, Vice President of Product Innovation at AFSE. Emmett, thanks for coming to talk to us for a few minutes, and we're excited to talk about the agri-recovery response. Um, you know, phase one, and we're almost through it, we're into phase two, but when you look at delivering that response, there's a lot of work goes into program design to have it address as much as possible the immediate challenges that the industries are facing. And um, you know, one of the interesting parts, can you talk about the role that the industry groups play in that process of designing an agri-recovery? Yeah, thanks very much for asking me uh, here today, Ed. But we did spend quite a bit of time working with commodity groups such as Alberta Beef and Alberta Bison, Alberta Lamb and Alberta Bee Producers. Um, you know, we always appreciate their insights and suggestions that they have along the way when we develop this type of programming. And I think, you know, for their input, we got a, we got a better product and, and not only a better product, but one that's easier for producers to use and participate in. And, you know, we, we want to mostly focus on phase two today, but I don't know how to start out this conversation without asking you for just a quick kind of recap or update on phase one. Yeah, we come to the end of uh, phase one in terms of getting applications in. We got just over 13,500 applications uh, paid to date and over 175 million has gone out to Alberta producers. Um, that includes uh, 1.8 million cows that applied to the program, receiving about 170 million, um, 34,000 bison, about $3 million, and 109,000 sheep, around $2 million. So um, there are a few claims left to be paid out. Um, you know, there's some that we have to spend some additional time verifying information before the dollars are paid out um, but anything that's outstanding will be uh, cleared up in the next week or so Ed. It's kind of surprising to see how many of these different animals are in Alberta and it you know it just makes you excited and it's a good reminder how diversified agriculture is here and um, but you know let's let's talk about phase two and there's some of the common questions that we're hearing from producers and first of all how would a producer know if they're eligible to participate in phase two? So the program, as you know, is, help, is, is there to help maintain Alberta breeding herd numbers. Um, it's doing that by helping producers with the extraordinary costs they face as a result of the drought. Um, and really the, the program covers a variety of animals, like you just said, um, cows, ewes, elk. Uh, and the program is based on breeding females at December 31st, 2021. 
Um, in addition, beekeepers are also eligible. Um, as long as they have a minimum of 100, 100 hives, um, they can claim costs on extraordinary expending, extraordinary feeding costs as well, Ed. Is there, if they weren't part of phase one, are they still eligible to be in phase two? Absolutely. Um, everybody's subject to the maximums of the program. So, for example, if you're a cow producer, um, you won't get more than the maximum $200 a head, but if you hadn't applied for phase one, you're more than welcome to come in on phase two. So now that we know who's eligible, how do they go about applying to the program? What's What do they start to do? Tell us uh, a little bit of that process. Sure. So the best way for anybody to apply to the program is through AFSC Connect. And I say the best way um, because it's faster for clients to get their money. And um, if they sign up for direct deposit, it's even faster. You know, if a, we had about 15% of applicants in phase one that didn't use Connect, you would really ask them to sort of take a look at it. Um, would really like you to consider it for phase two. And we suggest you reach out to your local office to get set up here. So come January 5th, you can get your application in straight away. Okay, Emma, when we look at um, how they apply for the program, what about the paper applications? Um, are they going to be available and will they be available right away in in phase two great question ed so for those that cannot use connect the paper application is available it's going to be available at the same time that we make the online application as we open the online application up so january 5th is our target there um you know the challenge we have with programs such as agri recovery is that when people use uh, paper applications they tend to wait until just before the deadline to submit and you know when they do that, we, it then has to be keyed into the system. It takes up time, and it holds the payments up for everyone. So if you're not using Connect, um, please can consider using it. And if you do decide that you've got to use the paper form, then please submit it. Um, you know, submit it early. And you know, I just just summarise. You know, the applications for both the online and the paper application. Our target date is is January 5th. Um, we're going to accept those applications up until January 31st. It's not a lot of time, um, so clients need to really be on top of of getting on, getting their information, um, and so we can. Uh, it's a tight timeline, and it's there that you know, so we can help manage that budget and that program spend, and we'll be looking to get those funds out before the end of March. And is there a deadline to apply? Yeah, the deadline it is um, January thirty first. So our aim is to have applications available January fifth. And then uh, get your application in by January 31st, and um, the money will flow shortly after that date. Nice. So let's talk a little bit about the eligibility of the animals for phase two. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, it's based on the breeding animals, the female breeding animals that, that people have on hand at December 31st. So that's the date to remember in terms of inventory. Basically the same criteria as the first in terms of eligibility for animals, but it's based on that different inventory date. And the target period we're covering off here is um, those costs that people have incurred between June 1st and December 31st. And so as we designed the program in the start, we came up with a number of up to $200 for cows or bison. And again, of course, that's prorated. How was this budget sort of determined? Yeah, um, you know, when agri-recovery responses are put together, the first question that is generally asked is, well, what's the cost? What's the extraordinary cost here that the producer's faced with? Um, the next question then is, how do the existing programs respond? 
and um, that's the suite of existing BRM programs that we have in place. And the difference between the two, that's considered the extraordinary expense. And in this case, it came out around $200 a head. So now we've seen huge numbers in phase one. Um, do we have to worry about the, the agro recovery running out of money before the claims are get in? Should people be worried about, I got to get my application in first thing in January? Yeah, it's a great question. And we, we have heard quite a bit of, um, quite a few producers ask that question. You know, it's unlikely that we're going to run out of money. Um, we're thinking that a number of producers will feel they don't have any additional costs over that first phase. Um, so we're thinking probably the numbers are going to be slightly lower in phase two. However, you know, if we get into a situation where the budget is getting tight, we'll be discussing options at that point. There are a number of ways that we could handle this set from prorated payments to requesting additional funding. Um, one of the things, though, that I really want people to sort of keep in their mind is the reason that we have this, this application period from January 5th to, to January 31, and I realize that timeline, timeline is quite short, um, but that's to help us manage this budget. You know, we're not processing any payments until after the deadline, so we'll have it tallied up. We'll know exactly what we've got, you know, in terms of payments to go out the door. Um, so producers can really help us by getting their applications in quickly. But everyone that's applied and is eligible will get paid up to the maximum for each different type of animal. For example, a cow being 200 bucks. Um, the keyword there is up to, and that's that's where we'll have to keep an eye on that budget as we go forward. Right. So we're getting a lot of comments about phase two looks distinctly different from phase one. And, it, you know, it looks complicated to apply for. Can you talk about why it's built the way it is? Why are we asking for fee days? Why are we talking about extraordinary expenses and why does it feel so complicated? Yeah, I think it's a fair comment that on the surface it does look complicated, but when you really start to look into it, you know, every producer manages their situation slightly differently. Um, and really the feed need model and, and the expense part of phase two is, is to try and treat people as fairly as we can. You know, cattle production is complicated and varied, you know, how ranchers respond to conditions like the drought. Um, the intention we had going into this was that we wanted to be as fair to all ranchers as we can. And this program, you know, the help that this program provides um, should be available to everyone, no matter how they've chosen to manage the drought situation. Uh, the feed need model is it's really there to, to recognize that, you know, some of the some ranchers have used their own feedstocks to manage through the drought. Whereas on the expense side, some producers have had to go out and buy feeds. They have an expense for that. And we also realize that there are additional expenses, you know, for things like temporary water and fencing, et cetera, um, that, that producers will have incurred. So I guess in summary, Ed, it, it might seem complicated, but it's all information that branches have and know. I think if you were to, you know, go out and ask ask guys, you know, how early they had to pull their cattle from pastures this year, or, or did they have any additional costs um, because of the drought, that they would, uh, they would have all that information. It's just a matter of taking a few minutes to sit down and, and get that down on paper. I really like sort of the recognition that there's expenses to be addressed here beyond just feed. You know, the drought affects the producers in other ways, creates other challenges for them. Um, you know, when we look at phase two and the producers think about this, what type of information should they have ready when they go to apply for this program? Yeah, Ed, that's a, that's a great point. I mean, the, the more they can do here up front to get ready um, for when those applications become available, the better or if they'll, you know, the quicker they'll get their money at the end of the day. 
So the first thing is just what female breeding stock they have on hand on December 31st. That's that's the first thing to get straight is your inventory. Um, then you've got to start thinking about well what happened over the summer and you know what date did I did I change my feeding practices on pasture as a result of the drought. You know if you pulled cows off off early this year, what what date you know did they go out on? What date did they come in off on? Um, you know, and you're really looking at sort of the history, what you would normally expect to get from from pasture in terms of feed days compared to 2021. And it's all about that deficit and, and getting that deficit into the application. Um, the other thing I'd encourage people to do is, uh, you know, take note of any expenses that they've had as a result of, of the drought. You know, things like temporary fencing, um, temporary water supply, pregnancy tests, uh, feed, etc. Um, you know, you go when you do that, you submit the the total cost 100%. We'll take 70% of it, but but submit 100%. And the other thing to keep in mind that is, um, you know, AFSC, we're not asking you to submit proof of these expenses at the time of the application, but you know, we will be taking a look at some of the applications post payment, and we may contact some producers to ask them for proof of those expenses. So. The other thing that I'd encourage is to is to keep a record of what those, that proof might be, such as receipts, etc. Um, everybody that's signing up to the program will be signing a declaration that the information they're providing to us is accurate. So please, when you collect the information, make sure you provide it as accurately as you can. You know, I don't think anyone wants overpayments, either us or the clients. So it comes down to just collecting, um, you know, good quality information on that, that expense here. That's yeah, that's good. That's good to understand. It's almost like the agri stability model of applying. You send us your numbers and then if need be, we start looking for receipts. And that was a common question. Um, so thank you for addressing that. So let's talk about the feed need calculator. Um, Emmett, why did we decide to use that calculation? Yeah, so, you know, when we were going through the assessment process for agri recovery, um, there was really a focus on the number of pasture days that were lost because of the drought and the heat. The heat was especially bad, as everyone knows. Um, it was clear that producers were going to face feed shortages because of you know that that lost pasture capacity across the province. And not only that, but the availability of feed was was also very concerning throughout the summer. You know, in terms of you know finding sources to buy it. So in consultation with the industry it became evident that there was going to be multiple ways that producers were going to manage their herds through the drought. You know, this includes using other crops or for feed or pasture, weaning calves early, dipping into inventory stockpiles, etc. You know, for that reason, the feed need model was adapted to capture the various ways that those producers were going to manage through that, those um, manage through with their feed requirements during the drought. It really is a simple calculation. It just aims to understand what your normal feeding days on pasture would be compared to the number that happened in 2021. It takes that difference and multiplies it by a daily feed cost allowance, and that, that basically is the calculation there, there and then. So to give you an idea in terms of, uh, say, a, a cow, calf operator, if they normally fed for 150 days, but this year, say they had to pull their cattle off in July or at the beginning of August, and they really only fed for, say, 60 days this year. So they lost about 90 days of grazing, right? So that's how much supplemental feeding they'd have to provide um, for those, over those 90 days. So at a feed allowance of about $4 a day, that would come out to around $360. Now, keep in mind, Ed, that um, there's a maximum of $200 um, 
per cow for both parts of the program. So this particular client was in phase one, they will have got 94 already, um, and that needs to be counted. Um, and in this case, because we're looking at 360, they would hit the cap, they'd get the additional $106 for phase two, it would take them, you know, to that $200 mark. You know, it's it's easy just to focus on um, on cows. So if you if you looked at a sheep operation or um, in a similar sort of situation where they lost, you know, say 90 days of grazing, their maximum is about $40 a head, and their feed allowance is about 58 cents a day. So for 90 days, that works out about $52, right? So same process. You go back, you look at phase one. They got their 19. So again, this producer would hit the, the cap for the maximum payment they could get in phase two or $21. So it's a fairly simple calculation at the end of the day, Ed, yeah. So sometimes people make the comment about um, this program isn't really covering when I put crops to another use, or covering that I've had some inventory I've had to feed up, but essentially the feed need calculator does try to address that. That's right, Ed. That's exactly what it's trying to address. Um, you know, it it really um, whether you're dipping into your um, your stockpile or you've got you know um, crop that you put to an alternate use, it's really just asking how many days were you short and putting that against the dollar amount. It's not really too interested in where you're getting that feed from. The at the end of the day, you don't have an expense right to prove to us that you had you know, that feeding cost and the best way that we could come up with to sort of show that you had an expense was through that feed need model. Certainly a little simpler than trying to report the various amounts of feed and where they come from. So, um, you know, I sure appreciate the sentiment of trying, you know, of using this system. So now someone looks at it and they say, okay, well, I have a few different groups of cows in different locations. Um, and a different amount of days they were removed from pasture. How do I, how do I go about reporting this? Yeah, that's a that's a great question and one that we've had a lot of discussion on. Um, you know what it comes down to, it really is the the overall number of feed days again. So I would just calculate um, the feed days that you would normally expect on all your locations, and then look at 2021 and what's the difference. And that's the number that's really important to get into into the application. Um, we're still working through the, the final details of the application itself, so we'll have more details on, on what that might look like as we go ahead, but I just encourage everybody to, to, to really focus on the number of feed days and making sure they, they understand that no matter what, what location those cows are in. Producers could easily max out their benefit of the up to $200 per cow with the feed need model, but for those that don't, we look at some of these proof of expenses or the extraordinary expenses. Can you talk a little bit about what expenses might be eligible for this program? Yeah, for sure. Uh, the big one is feed, of course, um, if they've had to go out and secure other sources of feed. Um, other ones would be things like temporary fencing that they've had to put up to, to get a pasture or um, that, that will feed that they normally wouldn't have, um, they normally wouldn't have to have done. Uh, temporary water, you know, if they've had to put in temporary water lines or troughs or those sorts of things. Um, transportation costs related to hauling feed or uh, water or animals. Uh, pregnancy tests and pregnancy tests and any other um, activities required to secure feed supplies or maintain that breeding herd. So when we look at these proof of expenses, 
Um, you touched on it already, such an important point, reported at 100%, but they're all compensated at 70%, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, and just keep in mind that's that's for the um, expenses that you're submitting in terms of the feed need model. It already considers the 70% as built into the calculation. Um, so you don't need to worry about the 70% for stockpiled feed or, or that sort of stuff that'll be taken into account with the feed need model. Um, it's just the additional expenses. If they report it to, if they report them to us at 100%, then that's it. We'll just take 70% as, as a part of the calculation. Um, there's going to be some expenses too, Ed. That you know, perhaps one that might jump out is, um, you know, fuel costs for trucking or something like that, where they might find it difficult to provide receipts and in situations such as that, um, if they don't have receipts for for trucking or transport, we can use a mileage fee. We're just going to, you know, if we get into the situation that we would need some proof, they might have to provide log books or something of that nature. That sounds good. So, um, finally, you mentioned the bee producers. They're also eligible for some payments in phase two. Um, how do they apply? What does the program look like for the beekeepers? Yeah, you sort of, um, it's an industry that sometimes you, you wonder, you know, you sort of forget how that something like the drought would hit them quite hard, but the bee producers were hit quite hard this year. And as a result, have in, incurred additional costs um, in terms of having to feed hives with patties or syrup. So any any beekeeper that's applying for the program, as long as they have, you know, they meet the minimums of 100 hives, will receive, you know, up to 750 per hive. Those applications will be available online through, through Connect, FSC Connect, and they'll be available on January 5th as well, Ed. So last question, Emmett Hanrahan with AFSC. Um, you know, let's just talk about an overview of the agro recovery. The agro recovery program you mentioned is a little different in vision and goal of uh, of some of the other BRM programs. So you just want to wrap up with a little bit of what, what the agro recovery is about. Yeah, agro recovery is an after the fact program. You know, it's, it's there to compensate for extraordinary expenses um, it's not intended to cover everything and produces, you know, you really need to look at the whole suite of programs to get the full picture. You know, the first line of defense is our permanent BRM programming, such as agri-stability, agri-insurance and, and agri-invest, of course. And these programs exist um, to help with production price and expense fluctuations. But, you know, when there's gaps and, and there sometimes are, then there'll be, a, then there'll be an agri-recovery response. At the end of the day, the focus on agri recovery then is on extraordinary expenses that um, producers have to take on to recover from these disasters. You know, these these extraordinary costs are costs which um, producers wouldn't incur under the norm, under normal circumstances, but they really are necessary to mitigate the impacts of the disaster and to help them get back on their feet as quickly as possible. Um, you know, the last thing I'd say as agri recovery is intended to respond in situations where producers just don't have the capacity to cover these extraordinary expenses, um, even with the assistance that's available from the other programming. But, you know, you really do have to look at all of the programs to get that full picture in. Perfect, Emmett. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for coming and talking to us about phase two. No worries, thanks, Ed. Thank you for joining us on our latest installation of AFSC's Risk Management Podcast Series. I want to thank Emmett Hanrahan from AFSC for taking the time to talk to us about Phase 2 of the Livestock Feed Assistance Initiative. We hope that this information will help you as you prepare for applying for the program 
in early 2022. For more information on the egg recovery, to find out more about setting up your online account with us or to chat with us online, please visit afsc.ca. You can see the frequently asked questions in the program's terms and conditions on our website if you hover over income stabilization and select agri-recovery. Or you're always welcome to stop by any AFSC branch or give us a call at 1-877-899-2372 or email us at info at We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for your time.